Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. Uh, if, if you don't know who these guys are, this is, this is Mr. Jeff and Mr. Wayne, or Little Jeff and Little Wayne, because they're both juniors. And I, I want to take a, a second here. I mean, I see Wayne. Is Jeff Jr. here? Where is he? There he is. C- come on in. I, I want to take one second here and, and acknowledge. Wayne Jr., would you stand up? Jeff's standing back there. Before you applause, hold on one second here. I want you to, to know something. Wayne Wanless Jr., Jeff Bates Jr., two juniors whose fathers actually are members of our church. They aren't pastors. They didn't go to pastor school. You're not going to see them up here preaching a message, at least not that I know of yet. You're not going to see them baptizing somebody in Jesus' name in the water. But God gave them talents. God gave them abilities. In baseball, with children, as fatherhood, they took those abilities and they went and they co-captained, they co-led and co-coached this team of boys. And because of that, seven other little boys got to be influenced by godly men and godly children in Jesus' name. With that, I want to say thank you, Jeff and Wayne. Thank you, guys, for being men of God. Amen? Now, I don't know how you would feel if somebody asked you to coach a six-year-old t-ball team. You know, it often looks like this, right? Ball's out. To swarm into the ball, and, and that's not even enough of reality, right, guys? I mean, it was like the entire team would go hunt for the ball. It was a race, like the winner was the one who got the ball, and they would fall on top of each other. There's a lot of screaming, there's a lot of crying, there's a lot of reorganizing, and you know, when I think of this, if, if I was asked to go coach a team, I may have a face that looks a little bit like this. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it, guys. I don't know if I could do it. But Wayne and Jeff, they did it anyway. They did it anyway. This is the grimace emoji. You know, it's that feeling, I, I, I know what's about to happen. But, but I'm not, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to do it. I, it's almost awkward. You have this emoji, right? You feel this at times. You, you probably look this way. My wife uses it a lot in text messages. I, I need to stop at Target. Grimace face. As something's on sale on Bed Bath & Beyond. Grimace face, right? Like, you know how it is. They knew exactly what would happen. And they did it anyway. This is the name of my message today. It's did it anyway. And what is my message about? Well, what else we're doing right now? VBS. VBS is happening all around the church. It's fancy, really involved Sunday school. We have these really prepared curriculum, really prepared messages where we have very specific points that we walk our children through. That's happening every week this month. And it is the Life Is series. So they're learning what life is all about and what they can learn about God through that. And so the Life Is series continues today. And the point that children are learning, even this very moment, is that life is sad, but God is good. 
Amen. You know, just a disclaimer from the very beginning here. This is not meant to be a, a pessimistic message. It's meant to be realistic message. Life is tough. Life is about unfair decisions. It's about scary situations. It's about uninvited change. And at times, uncontrollable sadness. That's just real. If you're sitting here today and you have a pulse, you know what I'm talking about. There are no promises in the Bible that those things will not happen to you. In fact, every story I read or is another example. The kids are learning those examples right now. There is no pain-free promise, trouble-free promise in the Word of God, but there is a promise. It's in many, many cases. It's written over and over again in every book of the Bible. The one that the kids are learning today, the verse of the day is in Psalms again, and it looks a little bit like this. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Lord is close to the brokenhearted. No, no promise for pain-free, struggle-free, or evil-free living. That's a reality. The promise is that he is close. The promise is that God is close today. The promise is that he knows what you're feeling. He knows how it feels. He's been there. He's done that. And he will not leave you nor forsake you. The promise is that despite all of these things, he brings hope. He brings an ending with joy. He brings love. You may not see it. You may not feel it. But how's the song say? He's still working. Today, there are many of us that are experiencing these things. And we may say, I don't even, I don't, God don't feel close to me. He was in front of me, and, and now where is he? He moved behind, like last week in that message. Why is it this way? He is God. He is God. He is God, creator of all that was, all that is, all that will be. Surely he could have created a better world than this one. Hey, hey, secret. I'm going to let you in on something. He did. We just ruined it. We're kind of good at that. Yeah, you see, he did. He created Adam and Eve. He created the garden. We messed it all up. And now this is the world we live in. And so we have Christians who grow up in this world and they hear the Bible. They read his promises. They hold to them and they feel that God is good all the time and all the time that God is good. And yet the question remains, I get it often, which is effectively what this entire episode here is about. It's sadness. It's why do bad things happen to good people. I've preached a number of sermons about this using this very question in front of us. And I'm sure you've asked it. Now, you've been in church a long time, maybe, ah, don't ask why. Don't ask why. You see, the children right now in VBS, they're, they're leaving the Israelite story, right? So we, we followed the Israelites into captivity, into uh, slavery, and then into the Red Sea, and then through the Red Sea, and into the wilderness. And we're going to follow up with that story next week and finish it. But today, as with all VBSs, we want to focus 
on Jesus. And today we, we fast forward not, not to Exodus, but to John. In this case, John chapter 16. You don't have to open it. You're welcome to. I just want you to know where the stories are coming from, where the scriptures are coming from today. It's an extremely important chapter, John 16. And, and really, look, I'm going to give you the whole short of it right now. God's grace is sufficient. Despite the fact that you may go through something troubling, something sad, something difficult, God's grace is there. Yes, it will help you through it. And make no mistake, God intends to use it for his glory. All things he will use for his glory. We preached that message a few weeks ago. You may not understand it. You may not see it. We don't need to. But what we do need to know is that he's at work. That works for me. It may not work for you. Back then in the Bible, it didn't work for them. He said words like that, and I don't get it. So in John 16, starting, you know, verse 16, I just want to read a little bit, and maybe this will help you on why this sadness, why this trouble, why all this may be in the world, and what God thinks about it. I mean, these are the words of Jesus Christ, our Savior. It says in verse 16, in a little while, you won't see me anymore. In a little while after that, you will see me again. He continues, are you asking yourselves what I mean? I said in a little while, you won't see me. But a little while after that, you'll see me again. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen. There's a promise. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve but your grief will be suddenly turned to joy. There's a promise. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of child labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. And at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you will use my name. You haven't done this before, asking, using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Heavenly Father, let this word get deep down inside. Father God, wake us up to what you are trying to do and what you are about to do in this service with these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, would you do it? Mothers, would you do it? There's a bunch of mothers here. Some mothers have multiple children. What do I mean by that? They knew exactly what they were getting into. Child labor, child pregnancy, it's not easy. It is uncomfortable. It is painful. It's downright suffering. That's what they tell me, especially in the middle of the summer when it's 90 degrees. Child labor, I'm sure, is even worse. If somebody told you that you needed to go through all that to have this beautiful baby and this reaction, would you do it? Would you do it? Of course. Many of the women here have done it anyway. And after they did it once, they said, that was awful, but I'll do it again.
Because there's something very natural and something very spiritual about going through something difficult to get something amazing. God set it up that way at the very, very, very beginning. The first moment we sinned, he said, this is how life will be. Pain and suffering and then glory. And there's a nuance here. I can't help myself, but, you know, when the babies are given to the mother, right then, mom and dad looking at the baby, it's usually, not all the time, but usually at that time, they decide on the name and they say it out loud and they bring it into existence and they say, little baby Austin, look at who you are. We now see you. Look, little baby Lance, little baby Madison, little baby Griffin. We struggled with that one, believe me. He wasn't Griffin to start with, you know, so it took a couple looks. Then we knew he was a Griffin. But you say his name out loud and it becomes real. It becomes who he is. It becomes his or her identity. It's now how you're going to relate, interact, and bring him into being. And you know, Jesus Christ is the same way. He finished this verse with, now I give you my name. You haven't asked the Father through my name, but I'm telling you now, use my name. Interact with Jesus Christ using his name. Name, bring him into existence in your life just like you bring a baby into this world. Identify with him and watch what happens. Funny thing about a name, it must be said. Austin has no clue I'm talking about him until I say his name. Don't matter how I look at him. He says, I thought you were talking to Lance. A name must be said. Say the name of Jesus Christ and watch what happens. Like these mothers... They understand the title of my message. They did it anyway. If you knew life was full of struggle, challenges, pain, and sadness, if you knew that what you wanted to achieve, a degree or a new job or a new relationship would require this, would you do it anyway? Many of us have done it anyway. I got good news for you, and the good news the kids are hearing, I think, right now at this exact minute, they, they heard this verse. It's in Revelations. The verse reads like this. It says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow, no more crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. You want a promise? There's a promise, church. I don't know what God will do and how he will answer the miracles in your life. I don't know what he's going to bring you through or what he's going to allow you to avoid. But I do know one thing. All of us who believe in the power of Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, will experience this right here. No more tears. No more pain. No more crying. No more sorrow. In the end, we will all be delivered. Amen? Okay, so you're tracking, you're following. So let me put it in real life terms. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me put this way. No matter what you're dealing with today, whoever it is, whatever it is, does not have the last word. The doctor diagnosis, your employer, the government, the, the IRS, the, the, the mortgage company, um, the, the state assistance, the, you fill in the blank. They do not have the last word. Do you hear me? The final chapter is not being written by them. The final chapter is being written by God himself. And he's telling you right here, he's going to wipe away the tears. There will be no more death, no more crying. And he wants heaven to exist right here on earth. Let your will be done he says he promises fulfillment he promises joy for those who love him 
Look, we wish we knew more about what would happen, what's in store for us. We wish we could avoid the sadness, the pain, the suffering, the unfairness, the scariness, the unwelcome change. We wish we knew. We wish we knew how it would end. And yet he giggles. He tells you, I've told you how it will end. It always ends with me. You wish you knew more, but in fact, you know enough. You know about heaven. You know what is waiting for us. And at the end, whether it's the final chapter or just another chapter in your test for your testimony or in your mess for your message, you know and I know that God's grace is sufficient and it will find joy and fulfillment at the end. For those of us under grace, God will use whatever is in our world for his glory. Amen? Amen. So the kids, and I've read through the curriculum, trying to work through it right now, they tried to make a connection between all of this grief and sadness and difficulty in the world with sin. It was hard for them to do it as little kids, so I'm going to amp it up a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to move it up to like ninth grade level so all of us can, can participate and feel like you know, we're learning something new from the Bible here. So if I was to re-engage this point, if I was to express this point of the message a little differently than just life is sad, I would probably put it like this. Life is full of sin, but God is good. Bad things. Sad things, they happen. How many of us can recognize today, how many of us will acknowledge that we live in a sinful world and that many of these things, many of these things are a result of sin, if not all of them. Our bodies decaying as a result of sin. Some of it actually may be your own sin. Some may not, maybe sin's of the world, of your father's sins that exist in this planet. It's a sinful world, but God, but Jesus Christ has a plan to use it for his glory. So that really got me into the nuance of this message. That's the VBS message right there. That's what they're learning. They have an object lesson, which I'm going to explore with you. But, but as I thought about the object lesson, I felt like you wouldn't quite get it the way they are now because well, you've been around, you've seen a little. You've been around the world. It's, it's not just about bullies and teachers, is it? No, you've seen a little more than that, so I needed to make it a little more real, so I asked the Lord to help me with this. And, and the first thing he reminded me is, why would I start with why do bad things happen to good people? Who said they're good? Why do bad things happen to bad people? Have you thought about that? Perhaps we're not as good as we think we are. I mean, we're Christians. We know how to be good. We know what the Ten Commandments say. We know what some of the sins are. You don't murder. Don't steal. I haven't done those things. I go to church. I'm good, right? Bad things shouldn't happen to me. I've already told you that's not in the Bible. But now, now I want to press in a little bit. See, the title of the message is Did It Anyway. I want you to consider for a second. You see, as Christians, and I'm, I'm talking, because I figured most of you today would be the Christians that I've known and, and pastoring, and, and, and so you've been in church for a while. And because of that, 
You understand certain degrees of sin. You know the ones that you aren't going to touch, you aren't going to be around, you aren't going to associate yourself with. And you may even pride yourself that you're able to create those boundaries. The Bible says in James chapter 4, it says, To him that knows what is good and does it not, it is sin. Well, there's a whole sermon around that, right? I mean, I'm not talking about the bad things in life. I'm not the good things in life. The Bible says if you don't do the good thing, if you don't do the good things in life, that's sin. Just let that settle in for a second. But today's about the sad side, the bad side. So let's talk about that for a second. If you do the bad things, that is sin. And you know what those bad things are, and yet they're sin. Would you do it anyway? I mean, if you could cover it up, hide it, maybe not even ask yourself or tell yourself, acknowledge that you're actually doing sin, would you, would you do it anyway? Many, many of us say, no, I wouldn't sin. You tell me what it is, I won't sin. I didn't know how I was going to do this. And so I was at one of those baseball games, t-ball games. And at that t-ball game, my wife interacts with the wildest kids. And little Miss Marley's there. She's this gorgeous little angel, about yay high. And, you know, she's got this beautiful smile and she's very engaging. And she has a couple little things that she likes to do. And one of those things that she likes to do is she likes to play with rocks. She picks them up, like digs them out of the ground. And then she, she lines them up, but that, that's not sufficient for her, at least at this particular experience. She wants to give them to you, but she doesn't want to put them in your hand. She wants to put them, like, like here's a rock, just put them in your pocket. She puts them in your pocket. And if you hang out long enough with her, your pockets, they'll be filled. Am I, am I lying? Now I'm telling the truth, right, Morgan? She's adorable. And it was right then when I was watching this happen, the Lord was saying, remember that. Why, why would I remember that? Why would I tell that in church? For right now, this is a bucket. It's a bucket of sin. Now, if I came to church with my bucket of sin like this, and I walked around, make a lot of noise, people would definitely know who I'm on, and, and you know, I'd probably get shuffled into the prayer room real quick and anointed sinner, or at least people would probably think about it that way. But we as Christians, we don't come to church like this. No, no, we're way more polished than that, aren't we? See, many of us think we have no sins, none at all. I mean, we have a life in the past that's sin, but we don't sin today. And so there comes the object lesson. These are rocks. Rocks are a great symbolism for sin. You see, they're, they're hard. It symbolizes our heart. When we begin to mess around with sin, it begins to get harder. It's really good for hurting other people with it too, by the way. It becomes easy when your heart's hard. These things will do some damage. It's also, it's dirty. I mean, you can clean it up pretty good, wash it and stuff, but it's dirty. I mean, if you inspect it closely, you can see the dirt there. I mean, in fact, it came from the dirt. You dug it up from the dirt. And if you break it, you'll see more dirt. I mean, isn't a rock really just a big piece of dirt? It's just one that I can hold in my hand. Just like sin, dirty, makes your soul, makes your spirit dirty. And it's got some weight to it. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's almost as if sin separates us from God. He's up there and we're down here. And we kind of have this image of floating up to him. But if we're weighed down with all the sin, we can't quite get up there, right? But you say, well, one rock, 
one rock, that's, 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 that's not going to weigh me down too much. See, this is what goes on in our subconscious. And it starts like this. You see, we say to ourselves, I know sin. I know sin in the church. I know gossip. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to touch that. Did you see what she was doing today? Can you believe she said that? I cannot believe it. Don't touch gossip. I just can't help myself. Oh, I did it. I did it anyway. I had to. I'll take a little bit of that gossip. No, I'm not judgmental. Christians shouldn't be judgmental. That's bad. I'm not judgmental. I, I won't do that. She is not who everyone thinks she is. I know what she's up to. Can't you see it? Why can't everyone see it? Don't, don't touch judgment. Don't touch judgment. Oh, it's just so easy for me to think less of her. It just comes naturally. I'll put that one right here. No, I'm not selfish. I need to be selfless. That's the Christian way. But I know I can do a better job. God has called me to do that job. I have some of the best ideas. You know I'd be awesome at it, right? I can do that, right? Not supposed to be self-righteous. I did it anyway. Um, and let's see, I'll take a little bit of bad-mouthing, and um, what about this one here? Uh, yeah, cruel speech. Yeah, I can, I can clean this one up really nicely. I can use words that seem nice, and, but she or he... He knows what I mean, and it's going to have the desired effect. It's just, I'll, I'll do it anyway. Now, I don't know. Some of you may say, I don't know. That, that sounds like you're talking about someone else, not me. Or maybe there's some guys here who are like, I don't have a problem with my mouth. I just keep it shut. Like, that stuff, I won't do that. Hmm. Ooh. I can't stop looking at it. It's in there. Oh, it's, it's big. It's beautiful. Uh, don't touch it. Don't look at it. I mean, it's only natural. I'm a guy. I mean, she's walking right there. Don't, don't you see her? I do. I mean, look what she's wearing. I am. I mean, it just popped up on my screen. Oh, don't do it. Oh. I did it anyway. Sins of the flesh, they're not just those. You know, we, as Christian men, we love to create this, this set of boundaries in our life. We're told to do it. But you see, as we get older, we get more creative, and those, those boundaries expand, right? And, and we say, here are my boundaries so that I can live a fulfilling, fun-filled Christian life. And I don't have to worry about sin because I have these, these boundaries. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do things outside of those boundaries. And then we get into this situation, the heat of the moment, and we see those, those boundaries start stretching. And we go, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, 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 I did it anyway. I wasn't supposed to do that. I was supposed to say no when he asked, but, but I didn't. I knew I wouldn't watch that or engage in that, but everyone's doing it. It's our culture. I did it anyway. No, no, I'm not prideful. 
I know pride is the sin that took Satan down. No, I'm not going to be prideful. Pride, I don't have no problem with you, right? I expect an apology. I deserve an apology. I did it anyway. I refuse to accept your apology. It's not good enough. You do not deserve forgiveness. I'm not forgiving them. You know what they did? I'm not even going to talk to them. I won't talk about it. I'll put it away. Gluttony? I don't even know what that sin is. It's about, I don't know, eating a lot, so clearly I don't have a problem with that. Is that in there? Wait. Ooh, I really need that. Yeah, I saw it on Amazon. It's on sale. If I could just have this right here, did it anyway. I knew I had a budget. I knew I couldn't spend anymore. I told my spouse I want it, but are, are you following me yet? Are you following me yet? Oh, here's some, you know, I'm going to run out of time. There is no way I can finish this in five minutes. If you have to leave, that's okay, but let me tell you something. Something's going to happen at the end of this message. If you leave, you will miss it. That's okay. But I encourage you, whatever you got going on today, do not miss how this will end. I'm back. I do not have a problem with hatred. I'm a loving guy. I love my family. And as long as you look like my family, I'll like you. I'm also a patriot. I'm an American. I love America. I love my military. I love my country. I love my people. I love my God. My God's American. You know that, right? So if you happen to be Muslim and I don't let you call that hate, well... If you happen to be an immigrant, oh, you wear a turban, definitely something going on there. I did it anyway. Or maybe it's more traditional. Ah, you're homosexual. I can't associate with you. Addicts, fill in the blank. Or maybe it's the other side of it. Maybe you just have a problem with authority and you hate our president or you hate the police or you hate pastors or you hate your parents. You see, it seeps in, and it begins to fill our pockets like this right here. It begins to fill us up. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'll be there next week. Yeah, you can count on me. I I I'll do it. I promise. I will. Mm, something's going on. I'm not going to go. I my integrity, I did it anyway. Do you see, we fill our pockets with everyday sin, and we wonder why we don't experience God's power. And we want to say we're not preaching the right messages. We're not singing the right songs. We don't have the right volume. We don't have this or we don't have that. Really? When we're walking around with these giant pockets so filled up, how could we possibly expect God to put anything else in there? You want more from him. We've got to figure out what to do about this. Now, you may say, I didn't do it anyway. This message isn't for me. Actually, I live a really sin-free life. I know about all these things. I protected my family and myself from this. And you know what? I go about life. Yeah, I bet you do. And I bet you still know what I mean when I say life is sad. You're not immune to it, right? Even Jesus Christ, chapter 16, he said, here on earth you will have what? Blessings and, and finances and homes and, and vacations. No, he says, you will have many trials and sorrows. 
So even if you haven't sinned today, you live in a world that is around sin. People, your friends have big pockets just like this, filled with it, and it's rubbing off on you. And you know what? You will, in, you will experience trials and sorrows. The question is, if you know that, if Jesus told you that, if I'm telling you that, will you still go through life? Will you still get up every day? Will you still go with those group of people? Will you still share the gospel with them? Is God still good anyway when you're going through trials and tribulations? Despite life being tough, is God still good? And would you keep doing what God has called you to do? Would you do it anyway? Jesus did. Jesus did it anyway. I want to share this with you. The kids are learning this. They probably have just learned it. Jesus Christ knew at the Last Supper, he was going to dinner with somebody who would betray him. He knew it. Would you go to dinner with somebody you know hated you and was going to talk bad about you and meant evil for you? Would you still do it? Jesus did it anyway. Jesus then went to the garden right after, knowing he'd be ambushed. Would you do it? If you knew they were going to attack you, if you knew they were going to, to, to mock you and ridicule you, if you knew something bad was in store. Now, he went there to pray. He went there to do something holy and, and righteous. He went there to worship God. And you know what? In the midst of worshiping God, he was ambushed. If you knew that your spiritual experiences would lead you to ambush and not to blessing, would you do it anyway? He then went to trial, expecting to get some type of venue platform to tell his story. And instead, he was mocked. Would you follow the processes in our country, in our, country, in our policies, in our laws today, even though it does not benefit you? Would you do it anyway? At the end of the day, he went and he looked for justice. Instead of justice, he was served death. If you live in a world where there will not be equal justice and equality, would you continue to live in it and share the gospel of Jesus? Would you do it anyway? Jesus Christ did. Do you realize what I am saying? Can you feel the gravity? Will you do it anyway? Jesus Christ did. He carried the burden for you and for me. And he carried it all the way to the cross. He says for us as Christians to carry our cross. But maybe we're too busy carrying something else. I always wondered why he said that. Why do we have to be carrying anything? Because I don't know. Human beings are good at carrying a load. Many of us are carrying the wrong one. The verse that Jesus said in John 16, after he talked about pregnancy and he talked about sorrow and joy coming in the morning, he then reminded us that no matter what you do and no matter how you see the world, no matter how many messages you hear, pastors you are involved with, books you read, or worship sermons you get involved with, you will experience sorrow and trial. That's how he followed it up. But then he said, Take heart, for I have overcome them all. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.